You're listening to the RUV English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is slash English. Welcome to the Roof English podcast. My name is Darren Adam. Thank you very much for your company. I'm joined remotely today by Augusta Thoranindsdottir, who is in Manchester in the UK. She comes back to Iceland in the next few weeks for reasons that we're going to get into in our conversation. Augusta, thank you very much for joining me from Manchester today. Tell me about the Sonic Flux conversation, which is going to be taking place from the 23rd of February in Iceland. It's a little odd that we're talking to you in Manchester, firstly, given that you're going to be here and this is all happening here. But it, it, <laughs> timings mean that we've got to do this on Zoom. So it all feels a bit pandemic era, doesn't it, as we have this conversation? Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Darren. It's nice to speak to you. Um, this project um, goes back pre-pandemic, actually. Um, I run a creative production company both in Iceland in, and here in, U- in the UK called Curated Place in the UK and then Inkovi Production in Iceland. And over the years um, uh, living here, I've been involved in sort of cultural exchange or artist exchange between the two countries. Um, bring in Icelandic artists to the UK and then vice versa, bring in UK artists to Iceland. Uh, this latest project um, called Moving Classic Sonic Flux um, is a creative Europe supported project that has brought artists um, cross borders. And that is the sort of um, the uh, the value of the project and the interesting part of the project. It is to bring artists cross borders to work and sometimes cross um uh, uh, f- fields of art. So in this case, we've been working with composers, um, mm. both in Iceland and and in wider Europe. This is a project that sort of reaches from Iceland in one of, end of Europe and all the way to Cyprus. Um, it is a project that is looking at concepts. And this is inspired by a few things. Um, it is inspired by a previous project that we've done called Moving Classics, where we were working with um, composers and ensembles throughout Europe, giving giving new composers sort of a platform to to work with more established uh, ensembles. Now, in when you do these sort of project, for example, Creative Europe, you have to kind of like adjust yourself a little bit to their focus and what they're thinking at the time. Um, and what, one of the things they had been focusing on sort of 2018, 2019, when we applied, was um, migration and mm. displacement. And it's just something that really spoke to me as somebody who has lived in another country for half of my, well, more than half of my adult life. And we were sort of bombarded with images of people being displaced in those years, people mm-hmm. coming from Syria and, and all over, and, and especially here in the UK. So that w- there were a th- few things that sort of inspired this approach mm-hmm. in this project. Okay, well, we'll get into what's happening at the Nordic House on the 23rd of February in just a few moments. But it's interesting that you mentioned your own experience. I wanted to ask you about that, because you, as we've yeah. said, you are in the UK. You you presumably don't feel displaced in the way that some of no. the, the films that we will discuss describe. Not as such, but I have always been. My background is actually in social anthropology, and that's the reason I came to the UK all those years ago, almost 20 years ago now. Uh, So I've always been fascinated by the concept of home 
and belonging and feeling sort of between cultures um like we sometimes do when we live in a different country you're not really part of that culture and you're not really part of your old culture you're somewhere in between and you you try to kind of negotiate that in your everyday life being an Icelander it it's not really a difficult thing because you know you're you're considered a part of that sort of community in in many ways but there's always parts of you that have to negotiate those two two cultures that you kind of live between well, the event that's taking place at Nordic House covers a great deal of ground, literally as well as figuratively over just a, a couple yeah. of hours. There are four short films featured. Let's take a look at some of them. A Green Line is yeah. one of the films, and, and, and this involves a, a filmmaker who's worked with her mother who had been internally displaced in Cyprus after the war in 1974. Tell me about A Green Line. It seems like a, a fascinating place to start. Yeah, the fil- we've been working with the filmmaker Maria Anastasiu, who was originally from Cyprus, but she is um, she lives in and works in London. Um, she is sort of um, takes an ethnographic approach to her filmmaking, in a way that she experiences her subject. So uh, she, we we wanted to start with the the story of the displacement of the Cypriot when the Turkish invaded. Uh, the island in 1974 and whole communities had to be literally displaced and she is kind of exploring this story through a personal account from both her mother and her grandmother and actually had her mother had interviewed her grandmother about these things so it's sort of exploring how generation negotiate mm. the sense of displacement and how it becomes a part of their identity and and how that's sort of taken forward yeah, and a green I, line a green line is actually referring to the borders within nicosia the city she she's been working in and where she's from and where you go from cyprus to the turkish side yes and that island still divided a very european country with that very clear evidence of that division still in place. And after all of these films, there's going to be a Q&A session as well, so the audience can ask questions of the filmmakers. Yeah. Something a lot closer to home references the, something which had its 50th anniversary, if that's the right word to use, just in the last couple of weeks here in Iceland, the volcanic outburst on the Westman Islands, January the 23rd, yeah. 1973. Steinrunin, uh, which means petrified, is a film by a, a British and an Icelandic filmmaker there is new but analog film yes of, of the islands isn't there that's right uh, we spent a few days this is actually one of the things that inspired this project as well because we got thinking on how how in history people have been displaced um within time and and, and space not just how things are appearing in our news we have to look at our own histories to trying to understand what people go through when they lose their homes and how what happens when they are displaced and this was such a good example of something that happened so close to home uh, with all 5,000 people had to be evacuated from the island and they had to be greeted and helped by by you know the people on the mainland mm. as as uh, fugitives as uh, well not as fugitive but as uh, ref- yeah. Really. An, an extraordinary statistic that sticks in my mind from the 50th anniversary coverage of this from just a couple of weeks ago 
at the time, the number of people who were evacuated represented 2.3% of the entire Icelandic population. So let's just set that in context. You're in the UK. Yeah. That would be the equivalent of, uh, if I can do the sums quickly here, what would that be? About one and a half million people, something like that? Yeah, yeah. An extraordinary yeah, so number. It is extraordinary. In how, and So we were kind of interested in the, those experiences. So we interviewed um, a, a few people who had sort of experienced you know, they were there and experienced the, the evacuation and sort of asked them about what happened afterwards. What happened when you were in the mainland, when you lost your home? You know, how mm. did that make you feel? But this explores also um, the artists in these films are exploring through music and the visuals in a more artistic um, way, that relationship with nature and how close we are and how unpredictable it is and there's a roof references in this synopsis from the uh, the filmmaker about even the pandemic mm. you know there's these massive events that happen that we are not prepared for and how does that affect us how do we feel out of place um so it's re referencing a few things but ultimately, it is sort of inspired by those events 50 years ago. How closely involved were you with these filmmakers, with each part of these projects? So I'm the kind of overall project manager of the, the whole project. So I run all the six sort of projects that we did over the last three, four years. Uh, on this particular film, I was a hands-on producer. So I was with them in the Westman Islands at the summer of 2021, mm. um, uh, sort of getting a feel for the island, getting a feel for what happened, being with them when they were they're shooting the scenes and getting inspired by the sounds of the islands. And it's extraordinary when you go to the West Islands for the first time, as we did uh, a few years ago, and you drive around above the town of Vesmania, mm -hmm. and you realise that you were driving on land that did not exist when you were born. And me growing up in on the south coast of Iceland, uh, in the village of Eirabaki, um, this a narrative of what happened and the stories were very close to me and they were close mm. to my family so it was a personal thing as well um and 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 something i really really enjoyed making and the and the title stendrunin or petrified is sort of a play on words of the geography as well as kind of the the stories of people because everybody referred to people being quite calm when this all kind of happened but i think they were just petrified one film that we'll talk about next, which is supported by Legato, the network of European queer choirs, and is yes. inspired by Letters of Home by the members of the only queer choir, the only active one in Ukraine at the moment, which is called Midnight Decant. And this is a film called No Place Like Home. And it is about the extent to which gay people have been driven from their homes and places because of their identity. Now, Iceland is, I think, with some justification, thought of as a very liberal country in that particular regard. Gay people have little to fear, it seems, in mm. Iceland. That is plainly not the case in every country in the world. Tell me about No Place Like Home. That film was sort of inspired also by stories that I've heard from friends, because even though we live in a very liberal society today, it's not always been like that. Mm. Um, and for many people, even in Iceland, who had to kind of leave the country in the 70s and 80s, because of who they were, or, or they felt like they had to leave. So we're sort of looking at that sense of belonging and finding new homes and, 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 and sort of how that can be 
how how that can be done, you know, mm. and and successfully. And and also me living here in Manchester, I'm very aware of the the sort of the the these battles over the centuries or over the years and decades, uh, because they've been very openly talked about in this city and, and people have always been welcomed in this city in particular. Mm. Um, so I'm working with um, a queer artist, Jess Dolan, who's, who I've worked with before and who will be there in Reykjavik next month, and uh, another composer called Michael Batridge. And we we sort of started to think about how we could approach these concepts from this point. And um, from a musical perspective, uh, Michael working with choirs here in the in the UK and has been in Iceland as well. Um, we thought about approaching the, the choir network and getting getting sort of um, personal accounts of what pe- what home means to people from mm. different places. And it was extraordinary to get these letters from the the queer um, choir members in the Ukraine. Um, and it was just beautiful to read because we had had maybe sort of certain expectation of what they would say, but they were just full of hope and they were full of beauty. And, and, and because whatever you live, whatever is going on, home is always the most important thing and that sense of belonging. So that really came through and that mm. those letters have inspired their sort of abstract film, which okay. uh, we'll be showing them. We're very excited and- about did you get a sense from those letters that being queer or being gay or having a different sexual identity in some way in Ukraine is an additional difficulty at a time when other difficulties in Ukraine are all too obvious? To be honest, I maybe assumed that that would come through more, but it's not really what they focused on. They really just focused on where they lived and where they mm-hmm. belonged. Um, so, but I can imagine. Because we've sort of struggled to keep in touch with them, so because we don't really know mm. if they've gone somewhere else or the people who wrote those letters. But um, we we know obviously from through the the network legato that you know they they've struggled to keep keep going. You know, so they must have been must have been really affected. The final of the four films that will be shown is Liminality by the Reykjavik Ensemble and various other people who are involved in this. This is a short film exploring a sense of belonging in an alienating landscape. And this involves women from Poland who've had to find themselves between two different worlds. Tell me about Liminality. Yeah, I'm so excited about this film. It's such a stunning, stunning film. And it was such a pleasure working with um, Reykjavik Ensemble and Paulina Jonsdottir, who directed the film, and then Eva uh, Marcinek, who who sort of wrote the poem and read the poem, um, it was filmed by Martina Daniels, who is also Polish and lives in Iceland, and then the music was composed and then recorded here in Manchester um, by Haltor Smaroson. So it was a really great collaborative, cross sort of uh, cultural borders project, where we were exploring the um, sense of belonging you know, among sort of migrating Polish women, and obviously with the Polish population in Iceland being so large and so diverse within itself that we wanted to sort of uh, find a way to represent that in a sort of poetic way, um, how how people might be feeling in, in a completely different place and how they kind of find their way 
Um, yeah, so very, very excited about this one. And it's actually been selected with a couple of um, film festival internationally. So very, very good quality film. Well, the four films that we've mentioned will all be shown. They're all short films, and you can see them all at the Nordic House on the 23rd of February between five o'clock and um, and right about half past seven, and then there'll be a reception thereafter. And, and a couple of housekeeping points. Firstly, this is the Roof English podcast, of course. There isn't a language barrier here. If you come along, if you only speak English, you can still enjoy the day. Yeah, the event will all be in English. Um, I'll be there with a, a bit of an introduction and, and sort of putting everything into a context. And it's been great working with the Nordic House. Um, uh, as this project sort of uh, had quite a bit of Nordic funding as well, um, and they are representing these funds. So this is also a showcase for these funders and people who want to learn about setting up project, how to approach the funders and how, how to approach the uh, both Creative Europe. So we'll have representatives from these funds. So I, I'd encourage everybody who's thinking about um, applying for funding for their project, for their cultural projects, to come along and to see how we've how we've done it. Yeah, and I think as well it's worth saying that if you've never been in, in, in Reykjavik to the Nordic House, if you've never gone along, it's a lovely place to be apart from anything else, isn't it? Oh, it's absolutely stunning. I mean, it's in the middle of uh, this sort of uh, green area in front yeah. of the universities. And uh, and it's just a lovely place to go. Beautiful architecture of the building has a lovely kind of feel about it. And I remember going there as a small child and absolutely just loving it. Just briefly then, these four films, which will be seen, of course, on the 23rd of February, as we say, what's the hope for them afterwards in terms of worldwide recognition and these films playing elsewhere? Well, we're coming to the end of the project now, which means, uh, you know, we have to kind of report on everything back to the EU and, and Creative Europe. Um, and, and I've always said to the people I've been working with in the artists and all the artists that it's been the process that has been the sort of the value of everything. But having such a brilliant, beautiful outcome as well mm -hmm. is such a bonus. So, so it is about the journey as much as the destination. Then, yes, is absolutely. And I've said to everybody, you know, you have to learn, this is for you to learn to explore, work with people from different uh, sectors within the arts and um, cross borders. You know, it's the process that is the value. And and it, it's been lovely to hear that all the artists have been learning something new, you know, uh, expanding their network within Europe. So that that's the ultimate aim of the project. But having these beautiful deliverables and outcomes like how the EU refers to them, uh, is is just a brilliant bonus, and we we hope to uh, to be showing these films in the future, sort of in the future and in coming months. Uh, Steindrun and Petrified will be shown here in the UK on two occasions, both in home in Manchester, which is a big sort of art house cinema and cultural establishment. Mm. Uh, we're hoping to show that here in in May. Uh, it's also going into an experimental film festival uh, where the director will be be there. So they're, they're taking a life on their own. <laughs> Indeed. So the place to be then, the Nordic House on the 23rd of February from 5 p.m. If you are listening to this and you want to find out more about these films, presumably there's a home for all that information online somewhere. Yes, there's a website called uh, Moving Classic Sonic Flux. Um, and it's also .com and it's also on the Nordic uh, House website. 
Okay. Augusta, thank you very much indeed. We'll see you, of course, here back in your hometown, your home city of Reykjavik, before too long. This is the Roof English podcast. If you want to get in touch anytime, of course, you can. The email address is english at ruv.is. Augusta, thanks very much. Thank you. You are listening to the Roof English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is slash English.